0: Welcome to episode one of CAB Talk, the Computer Aided Biology Podcast. Joining us this week is Keltun Bukra from Lab Genius. We're going to be talking about the Computer Aided Biology community, what it is, and what it needs to be. If you're interested in joining the Computer Aided Biology community, go to ComputeraidedBiology.com. And if you'd like to sponsor an episode of CAB Talk, contact revolutionaries at ComputeraidedBiology.com. David Kirk, and I'm here with Fane Mensa, head of the computer-aided biology community. Thank you very much, David. And also, thank you for Kelton to be here. Hi. Yeah,
1: no, it's, it's great to, uh, to get our podcast going on. Uh, we're going to talk about computer-aided biology, but I think it's best to start to first explain what computer-aided biology really is. And it's literally biological research, R&D, and manufacturing using 21st century tools, and the reason that we wanted to build this community is we wanted to build a sustainable platform of people to encourage for them to have discussions, um, collaborate and also have the best practice going forward in the biological research. And who are the people? Well, we've got an example, we've got here to today. But think about your biologists, you think about your computer and data scientists, people within policy investors, we all want to get them around here and, and talk about uh, computer biology.
0: And Kelton, you are automation team lead at Lab Genius. Yes. St- stop me when I get this wrong, because I'm, do- <laughs> I'm doing this from memory now. Uh, <laughs> and you started as a software engineer. Yes. And you originally you got a degree in medicine, and then a degree in robotics.
2: Yes. So I first started studying medicine. And then I decided to switch to robotics engineering. Shall I explain why I changed from, from one to We'll to ask other? the questions around okay, here. Okay. <laughs> explain why. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, what, what happened is I was studying uh, medicine in Paris, and one of the main things that the teachers, the professors, were explaining to us a lot was how a doctor is supposed to deal with pain of people. And this whole social aspect that I didn't even think about before to start studying medicine, and the other thing is when you compare the uh, traditional approach you know patient by patient to having a bigger broader impact when for instance, working research, I very very early early stage made the choice of changing yeah and and also, using new technologies to uh, to have a bigger impact was mine, uh, my main concern,
1: I think. And that's exactly. why you basically changed into robotics. Robotics, yes. Yeah, uh, robotics engineering. For computer biology, that's great because we're thinking about biology and ready set medicine. Yeah. Uh, and then robotics, obviously, that's the the, the, the computer side of it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, why? Why why the transition? Why robotics?
2: Because it's cool. I think <laughs> that's the main thing about it. It's really. It's very practical, so you do a lot of, um, you know, uh, hands-on works. Um, so you do, uh, you study electronics, you study mathematics, um, physics. So many things, and also it's a lot of uh, projects that you do. So you uh, you actually build robots there. You actually build systems, intelligent systems there. Mm. So it's very very interesting. Yeah. Um, and also we had on site in the university we had a uh, the biggest a uh, robotics la- laboratory in France, and one whole department was focusing on um, the applications on medicine. Mm. And they release so many products, inter interesting products for for robotics products for the uh, medicine industry, that ma- made me think a lot of what can I do uh, combining medicine and robotics to have a huge impact on, on humanity. Yeah,
1: yeah. No, that's, that's great because I think the technology that's coming out nowadays, it's, it's great, it's amazing, but also I think for the next generation of people it's something that we really find attractive and something that really, 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 really gets us and uh, I think that's also the really nice thing about using technology. What is the mis- biggest misconception when people talk about robotics, do you think? If you go outside and explain to your friends or families and you say you work on robotics, what do they think you're doing?
2: they often think that robotics really means a humanoid robot. So yeah. a kind of a reproduction of a human, but in a, uh, like a fake way, like make just a reproduction of, of a human. But it's not only that. Like iRobot. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you see? Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's, uh, it's often that, but a robotics is not only that. And you can see it like in the labs when we use liquid handler robots, uh, they don't have the shape of a human, but they are, they are robots, right? Yeah so so yeah I, I i think this is the main thing yeah yeah
1: <laughs> good good well that brings us uh, to lab genius the company that you work for um explain to us what your day-to-day job looks like
2: uh so where shall i start so so <laughs> <laughs> so lab genius first of all is a company where um we try to use a combination of three quite recent fields uh, to create something that can potentially have a, a really big impact on the drug discovery area mm. so it's synthetic biology it's robotics and it's ai mm. and so my work at lab genius is to really build develop this platform that we call eva mm-hmm. which is able to uh, build libraries of potential candidates then to test them by applying different sort of pressures on them and then using the next gener- generation sequencing uh, feedback to our uh, machine learning algorithms in order to uh, produce a new set of candidates that we think would be better than the previous. Yeah. And so we go over and over in this cycle. And my job is really to automate all the protocols that lead to, to the discovery of these new candidates. Yeah. If you want to, you can say it in a way that my job is to kick the scientist out from the lab. I think that's (laughs) correct. (laughs) That's
0: really cool. I like that. I like that. Kicking scientists
1: out of the lab. I don't. (laughs) (laughs) You have to get used to it, David. Uh (laughs) Um, But I think what's what's kind of interesting is um, why automation? Why do we need to automate? Because I can imagine building those libraries. You need a lot of data. Mm -hmm. I think that's one of the biggest reasons that we um, really need to um, embrace automation.
2: Um, Yeah, definitely, so being able to handle big amounts of data is probably one big thing. Um, Something that the automation really helps with, and and also reliability, reproducibility, Mm one big challenge is really uh, standardization as well. So being able to, this is one of the challenges that we have at LabGenius, to standardize the whole platform. So what I was explaining is that we uh, we, we build libraries, we test them, we NGS them, and this is a lot of protocols in practice. And we want to find one way with as few variables as possible to run this cycle again and again. Um, By limiting the number of variables, we basically ensure that the only, ultimately the only variables that will impact the decisions of the uh, machine learning algorithms will be the actual sequences of the candidates and nothing else, right? Not
1: a human error or anything. Exactly. So that's a big thing. I think um, also we just, we, we talked about kicking scientists out of the lab <laughs> but I think it's also very important for people to be aware that it's not that we're kicking them out we are also giving them the tools to do much more complex biology because that's really what automation really enables and um, I think it's really cool what you're doing at a lab genius so
0: um, that's 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 really important I think the distinction is we're not putting scientists out of a job no but just making sure <laughs> they're not going to get carpal tunnel pipetting all day Exactly. <laughs> yes which is which is a uh, is a big thing <laughs> Um, so yeah, so computer aided
1: biology, I think explaining biological research, R and D, manufacturing using twenty first century tools. How, how do you envision computer aided biology? How do you see it at the moment, and how do you see it basically being becoming a very big impact in the future?
2: Um, I. I think there's no future without it, to be honest. Mm. I think it's a necessity. It's like when you compare, I don't know, a bike to a supercar, right? It's like one level up, and now we have access to this technology. We need to use it ASAP. We Mm. can't wait because the drug discovery process is so long, and this is what impacts people's life, right? Uh, So by using these technologies, we're now able to make it much faster, much more efficient. And uh, so that's why I think we need to yeah act now on, yeah. Uh, on it. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. And uh, we heard automation, we heard AI, we heard data. And I think a big pharma, especially the bigger companies, they are very adaptive towards using automation. When we talk about AI, it's, I think it's a bit of a buzzword, and I also think it's a word that a lot of people go really crazy on, and it's very exciting, especially also for the younger generation if you talk about AI. But um, from your perspective, what do you think about AI, and are we in the right setting to really use AI at the moment, or are we not really creating enough data?
2: Um, Yeah, that's an interesting question, actually. (laughs) Uh, I think you're right, everyone gets a bit uh, energized. and. Excited when we talk about AI, that's mm. for sure true. I think it's more about um, yeah creating big amounts of data and being able to handle them. So I don't talk so much about AI, but more about um, data science or um, potentially uh, machine learning. Yeah. Um, AI, I think, is a bit unclear what it is really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So yeah, okay. I, w- I, w- I think data, data, data science, um, data structures. Data handling, this is what we need uh, to focus on and progress.
0: What do you think about AI, David? I I find when I'm writing about AI, uh, nobody wants to hear AI anymore. (laughs) (laughs) They don't don't want the phrase. They want machine learning. They want deep learning. They want data science. Mm -hmm. I think AI is too vague. It is a buzzword out for investors, maybe. But Mm. uh, in our community, I suppose, uh, we want the specifics. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so LabGenius is, is, is
1: very big on drug discovery, mm-hmm. what, what are the biggest challenges at the moment when it comes to drug discovery? And um, I think you already clearly explained what you guys are doing but what is the challenge that you hope to overcome um, with, with LabGenius?
2: I think one uh, important thing as I mentioned earlier is really standardization mm. so that's definitely a big challenge because as I explained, you want to standardize a protocol to then be able to, to automate them. You can't, you can't say, I want to automate something that is not even stable yet, yeah. right? Um, that's a big one. And the second, I think, big thing uh, about in the, the, the challenge that we often uh, encounter is really changing mentalities. Um, as we discussed, people often get <clears throat> energized when we talk about AI and automation. Um, robotics but mm. uh, it c- when it comes to to asking people in the lab to do things differently it's a bit harder and i believe because this is the way they've been taught when they studied biology right yeah. they've been taught a certain way but now we need to step up and take this try to think with this engineering mindset we think protocols in a way that the goal is really i mean we focus on the goal Rather than the process, this yeah. is, I think, the, the the key thing there. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. No, I think I think that's that's a very good thing, and I like the fact that you say also, like we need to change the culture, literally how we've been thought about biology and how we've brought up. And I think with computer aided biology, what we really need to do is people need to understand it's not so okay. We're gonna use automation straight away now, and there needs to be education. And I think in the U.S. there's a whole new um, course. Uh, and graduate course around robotics and automation, really focusing on computer biology, which is great. Um, but I think the culture aspect is, is really important. We need to change people's minds. And, um, and I think the generation is, is, is yeah, I think starting with our generation, which is the millennials, I think that's that's what is, that's great because mm-hmm. I think I read a, an article and by 2025, 75% uh, of the millennial will make up the workforce. And I think the technology that we've basically been built up with, with phones, iPads, uh, you name it, computers, uh, that makes us much more easy and receptive to that. Um, but for, for your perspective, um, what are the Most difficult people to uh, really change culture are these the academics, (laughs) are these professors? You want to say (laughs) bad (laughs) things? I know it's it's not a bad thing, but I think it's very important to discuss as well because um, we need to put effort in there, and it's not so that it's because of them that we're not able to change their mindset. It's also very important what the messaging is. So how can (coughs) we best do that?
2: I believe that a clever thing to do would be to reach out to universities more and try to change. The professors, teachers' mindset. Mm. If they can then teach this new mindset to their students, that will have a big impact, I believe. Um, another thing that we can potentially do is reach out to manufacturers as well, because automation is still so new that you often uh, have issues with getting the right labware or the right equipment in the lab, you know, for for automation. Mm. And some some very simple things like a vacuum manifold it's very hard to find them for suitable for automation. Yeah. And so if you take this example, for instance, there are only two manufacturers that can offer an automated vacuum manifold. Oh, and really? um, yeah. even these two, they claim that you need to first get the liquid handler in order to get their vacuum. Yeah. And for, for us at Lab Genius for instance we had to use the three D printing technology in order to make our own. And it's often like that. We uh we use three D printing because there is nothing mm. else uh on the market to help us reaching our goals otherwise. Yeah. So reaching to the manufacturers to to be to deliver more automata- o- automation suitable devices would be a good thing to do as well. Yeah,
1: so not just academics, manufacturers as well. Yeah, yeah we need to get them on board. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> good. What I didn't say uh, when you came in is that I was speaking to David about it. I um, I pushed quite hard to get you into this room because um, I think it's it's very important, the generation that we're in, that we think about diversity, mm-hmm. that we think about people from different ethnic background, uh, male, female, which has always been a big issue in science. So mm-hmm. I'm very happy, again, to uh, to have you here as a, as a female <laughs> robotics engineer which is is unique and working in biology and i think that's absolutely fascinating mm-hmm. um but yeah how, how was that journey for you uh, being a female in this field
2: oh uh, to be honest it was smooth it, oh really um, yeah good yeah. Uh, when i studied medicine it was many many women when mm. i studied then robotics engineering it was mainly mainly men um maybe five percent uh in my my class uh, that were female. Yeah. So yeah, it was quite low, a low amount. And then um, when I joined Lab Genius, I think it was quite mixed. It is. It is still quite mixed. I believe we are about fifty-fifty. Okay. Um, we have many, many different nationalities as well. So mm. this is part of our culture now. Yeah.
1: I think I think that's very important, and I think you see a lot of startups now working in the space, thinking about culture, yeah. thinking about diversity. So in the community, uh, you can see people probably, they can't see it because they can't hear it, but I bought some flyers that we just, um, a new infographic for the computer biology community. And it really states that as well, because you can see the diversity that we're really looking for, the male and the females, so people from different backgrounds, a different generation, because I think it's also very important that the younger people that embrace the technology Mm -hmm. to be also very much involved with the older generation that are really expertise they've got the knowledge so it's really important that we bring these two uh, groups together which is great. Um, David I just wanted to quickly ask you as well this diversity bit um, in your experience have you seen that as well have you seen more females coming out is it becoming more disruptive?
0: What I have noticed in writing about the field for the last year is that it is more of an issue. It's people are thinking about it a lot more than they had been. Mm. People are planning conferences a lot better. People are being called out when their conferences are not good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think in synthetic biology and computer-aided biology uh, as well, we're seeing an awful lot of uh, diversity, which is much much needed diversity mm. as well, because problem-solving is uh, it's a complicated thing. Just for you, um,
1: Kelton, if you are, let's say, you're 19 years old, you're doing your undergrad, and you don't really know what to do. You hear about computer biology, robotics, automation. What tips can you give to uh, people in the next generation um, to really get going into this field? Is there anything that you specifically did when you were younger? Um, for example, going to conferences? So I. I I speak to a lot of people. I love speaking to people, so I was <laughs> going out there picking picking people's brains, and um, that worked out really good for me because I got to know the cultural bits behind it, but as well as the science and how the field is growing. So I'm more like a people person, and I'm also where not a lot of people are like that. Mm-hmm. Do you have any tips for people that are really interested in getting into this field?
2: Yes, I think the big thing, the biggest thing you can do is really to look outside from school. Um, mm. You should not stop yourself from going out, and as you said, conferences is one way, but there are so many other things to do, like uh, competitions, um, hackathons, hackathons yeah. right. These things really help you to see abroad, like m- more than, than what you will see as, at school, what you're taught at school. When you, you go, you uh, attend a hackathon for one or two days, you meet people that are from any other background than yours, mm. right? you also, you, you're led to work with people you don't know, and that's really challenging for someone who, who just you know studies and don't no. go out, really. I think this is really empowering. Um, going out, seeking for more, um, don't stop yourself to do standard, standard things. Like, if you can go abroad, go abroad. Yeah. Uh, reach out to companies. Yeah, that's my main yeah. tip, I think.
1: I think that's that's a very good point, especially also reaching out to companies because I think what a lot of people think is... Oh, I can't speak to that person or that person is completely in a different uh, environment or a different space that I'm working at. I can't speak to them I think that's it's very important and a lot of companies now are looking for those talented people that do come out and ask them questions and also be very much aware that you can ask that person a question mm-hmm. that person have never thought about it so you can add value and I think for for young people it's very important that we, um, that we make that step and uh, make that leap talking about leaps you move from Paris to <laughs> London <laughs> how, how are you finding London and what is there a specific reason that you came to London or
2: Um, my only reason was Lab Genius 3 oh awesome (laughs) so
1: you really I think you already defined where you were going and that you wanted to come to work for Lab Genius yeah yeah Yeah, that's great so what's the the biggest difference for you
2: Um, between Paris and London between
1: Paris and London I'm going to ask that question Uh. strikes (laughs) 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 Strikes. <laughs> 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 that's
2: uh, yeah. That's a big thing in in Paris at the moment. Unfortunately, yeah. Um, yeah I'm surprised to see there's no strikes yet. So no, not, yet
1: not yet. Not <laughs> yet. Sur- give it time. <laughs> we don't talk about the V word. But um, no. But I think for for life sciences, biotech, innovation, the Golden Triangle, Oxford in Cambridge is a great area. I think um, right. to to be to be working in uh, there's a lot of exposure. Um, we're not Boston. We're not San Francisco. But I think we're doing a damn good. Job job and yeah. and in, in doing uh, good life science and getting a lot of good startups out and um, do you do you feel that as well do you think london is, is a great area no, to be in
2: definitely yeah you you can feel it when you come here for instance white city as we were discussing earlier there are so many comf- uh, companies here mm. uh, that work in the same field that's really helpful we uh, we have different uh, providers for, for our robotic equipment, right and yeah. they're often in london as well so it makes it makes things much Accessible, easier. Yeah, yeah, much easier. Exactly. Before I came here, someone yeah. from White City was uh, in our lab working on our robot at the moment. An oh, engineer. There you go. Yeah. So, yeah. so that's that's really awesome. That's really good.
0: Good, good, good,
1: good, good. David, I think that's also one
0: for you. What do you think about London? Well, I, 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 it's just it's funny as you're talking about that. I'm because I'm based in Nottingham. Mm. I'm north of the Watford Gap. The, the <laughs> might as well be Scotland. <laughs> you know, some people <laughs> down here. Um, and, and it also goes back to the question of diversity. I find when I'm in London, I see much more diverse teams, but once you go north, no, <laughs> yes, not so that. much. Yeah. And uh, about 80% of the life science in the UK is done in the Golden Triangle. You know, that's and most of the money then, obviously, as well. But there's great science happening yeah. in uh, the likes of Bristol, uh, Nottingham, Edinburgh, Manchester. And all over, I'm I'm leaving people out. um, (laughs) I'll come back to that later. (laughs) But they've got got very little uh, uh, funding.
1: Now, I think you you mentioned a very important thing is that we're focusing a lot on the Golden Triangle on Knoxville and Cambridge. But up north, there's a lot of good things going on. And you missed out on Newcastle, so you didn't mention Newcastle. I didn't mention Newcastle. I'm sorry, (laughs) Geordies. I'm so sorry. (laughs) The reason I'm saying that is that um, we we will have a a cab event in Newcastle in uh, May date's not confirmed yet but we're definitely going to Newcastle and I'll tell you a little bit of a story how that really initiated because we had a professor at Newcastle that came to the launch event and um, he enjoyed it and he was like we need to get more academics on board around computer biology we need to embrace uh, more professors like I am because uh, although I'm a professor in an academic Institute I'm very much interested in the field. And then he was like, I want to do an event in Newcastle. So we sat around the table, we discussed different options, and um, yeah, I think we um, we both agreed on what we wanted to do. And, and So we're going up north, and I think it's also very important for people out there to also be realising that it's not just London Oxford and Cambridge. No, yeah. And um, making effort to go out there and, and meet the people, meet the companies,
0: uh, meet the academics there. I think that will be a that's a good thing. Yeah, and Keltum, you mentioned synthetic biology earlier. That is what lab genius do, okay. uh, as well as uh, computer aided biology. I suppose computer aided biology enables synthetic biology, and there are a lot of synthetic biology centres around country mm. uh, that have massive robots. And there is a huge need to automate, but is that is that going to be a major challenge in the future?
2: It's probably yeah a mm. big challenge that we will have to face, and. I guess initiatives like this one to try to build this community, uh, to, be, to bring people together to think more about what we should do, et cetera, et cetera. This is what's going to allow us to, to get to, to our goal, to democratize uh, lab automation, and change people's minds in, in this field,
1: I think.
0: That's a nice phrase, democratize lab automation. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I'm going to keep that. <laughs> I think you already touched
1: upon my final question, and uh, really around the community. Um, I think you, you, you raised it as well. It's very important that people from different backgrounds speak to each other, discuss things. But from your perspective, being a robotics engineer who did study medicine, what are the types of people that you're very much interested in meeting when it comes to uh, community-wise? Are there specific people that you say, okay, I can learn from those, or people that you normally don't engage with that you think, oh, i will be interesting to speak to them. Like for example, an investor or someone working in policy.
2: Yeah, I think we should not stop ourselves from uh, looking only in our field. So mm. for instance, LabGenius, we are more focusing on synthetic biology, but maybe uh, we could try to look at all the fields of engineering, for instance, because I believe the way of thinking is the same even if the actual protocols are different so if you look at chemical engineering for instance um, so that's probably one one thing and um yeah probably look outside from from the country as well where, where how are things done in in i don't know in, uh, in japan for instance right yeah. and this is probably a good way of learning
1: cool awesome awesome um, yeah, I think I really enjoyed this. I think it was very good to have you here, Kelton. Thank you. Awesome. Great. Um, David, I think uh, that's a wrap for I our very first uh, That is the first episode, episode of Cap Talk, We did
0: it. Yeah. Yay.
2: Thank nice. You. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you very much.
0: And uh, just a little note to anybody who made it this long. Um, if you would like to sponsor an episode of Cap Talk, please uh, drop an email to revolutionaries at biology.com and join the computer-aided biology community. We're nice. (laughs) Sometimes. I'll edit that out. Cool.